clear for takeoff once again. Welcome to Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. And along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, incredibly handsome co-host. I am so glad to call him my my co-host. And now everybody gets to see how handsome he is in person. None other than Matt Szilard, a.k.a. King Sliz. Sliz, say hello, my friend. Yeah, man. We're doing it a little bit different. We got small chimp in the chat, baby. Let's go. All right. We're we're uh we're mixing it up this year. The Jet the Jets went big this year. The Jets made all sorts of moves, pushed the chips in. Hey, we gotta follow suit, man. Let me tell you something. I, I went all in to get this uh new this new setup. Sliz, you helped me build a computer. So I got this <clears throat> excuse me, this new computer. I got this like keyboard that makes all of these funky colors. Like I got the computer fans that like look like a rainbow. This is crazy, man. It's cool. It's cool. And, um, you know, off the, off last season, <clears throat> excuse me, off last season where we had so much fun, it's only going to be bigger. It's <coughs> off to a great start. It's only going <laughs> to, Hey, hopefully not a sign of things to come here. My goodness. The, we got choking <laughs> in the preseason. Hopefully we don't get choked My God. in a couple of weeks here it, in the season opener. You're right. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get better. And I have uh, my friend Tequila with me to uh, fuel this this wild ride. So, Sliz, it, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Um, we're back. The last time we did one was, was during the uh, – just after the draft. So, let's start with the runway rundown. And a lot's happened since the draft Sliz, i mean the jets signed yadney kajus the jets released yadney kajus uh there's dalvin cook rumors there's all sorts of stuff happening in jets land but um preseason game one came and went uh kind of nondescript no big deal it, it feels nice that it's business as usual any takeaways from that first game Sliz? i mean the biggest stuff right it, it's nice to get football going it's nice to get the pads on I think almost some some of the things you learned was almost who who didn't play. I, I think you could glean a lot from that. It was interesting. Jeremy Rucker did not yep. suit up. That that was I think a big shock. I know that was a name folks were looking uh, looking forward to. I got small chimp in the chat saying the biggest the biggest takeaway was the TV ratings. Right, football <laughs> football is not dead despite what. Uh, Despite what Jet score rumors chat, of football, yeah, r- rumors of football's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Yep, a- absolutely, but but no, Jeremy Ruckert. I thought it was interesting. Both Bam Knight and Michael Carter were inactive. Um, maybe showing our hand a little bit there, and uh, obviously with with the running back rumors and trying to add whether it's Dalvin Cook, maybe Zeke Elliott, um, kind of lends to uh, Brees maybe not quite being there, or maybe some just some general concern about his availability right out of the gate. Right. Um, and, and I don't think that's a, a, a shock or surprise at this point that he's probably not going to be hitting the ground run in week one. So kind of conserving what we probably view as our number one, number two back out of the gate there. Um, beyond that, man, I think, you know, we've been critical of Makai and Prey in the past. Um, <laughs> I, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Slice. Yeah, what it comes uh, down to. Offensive tackle has been a point of concern for really several years now, and um, I know there's a lot of mid max, mild max cope in the chat last year in the Twitter sphere, in the X sphere last year, and um, he did not look good, man. That's that's honestly the biggest takeaway. You, you know, you heard 
Max has been pushing for that right tackle spot. It sounds like they've been kind of moving the tackles all over the place between him and Billy Turner, um, getting a couple of the backups in for, for some reps here and there. Makai mostly primarily sounds like playing left and, and Max did not look great at right tackle, which if there's one, you know, it's preseason it's early, right? This was, this was a bonus game. The Jets started early, open camp early. Um, maybe not time to pull the total panic break glass lever yet, but it, if Max is one of your primary options that didn't inspire confidence. Let me tell you something. We're only positivity on this first episode, right? Just kidding. We can't, we can't be positive. So, you know, it, it's, it's the same song and dance every year with the offensive tackle position, right? Mikai Beckton is obviously very concerning. Everything about what's happening with him is concerning. And we have trade rumors surrounding him now, which listen, it, it's nothing official, but there's informed speculation we'll say because Rich Samini doesn't say Mikai Beckton could be traded if he doesn't know something. Zach Rosenblatt doesn't say Mikai Beckton could possibly be traded if he doesn't know something. Now, that's not to say that they're shopping him, but it certainly feels like they might be headed for a split. And I know a lot of other people in, in Jets land, the, the Jets content creation sphere, all throwing their their hands up in the air and saying, you know, you can't trade Mikai Beckton. Of course you can. I, like, what has he showed? He hasn't showed, he hasn't played a game in almost two years. And if he's only playing X amount of snaps, how many snaps did he play? Seven snaps in the first preseason game. That should show you number one, they're not confident in his knee whatsoever. And he's not confident in his knee whatsoever. And everything that's happened this off season, I know he got in great shape, but everything that's happened this off season with, with the article that Bob Glauber wrote for Newsday and, and getting it, it's just, relying on him is a mistake. And if you can get some form of draft capital for him, if you have no faith in him, then go for it. Like what's, what's the harm? You know, it, I don't know. I don't, it, it's a scary situation. Once again, it really is. Yeah. The Makai situation is tough, right? Like on the one end, like people at this point, if you're totally like, Oh yeah, he's going to get like, you need to have warning flags go off between his his pressers at training camp saying it's all mental for him and he's blocked you know block at my little tag there is somewhat ironic but he's telling you he has no faith he's clearly mental with makai um and certainly you know he re-injured it last camp um i think his i'm a left tackle and really pushing to be left tackle as much as that is like yeah he wants to be left tackle it's as much as he has no faith in being on that right side because of his knee. Um, it, we forget he's played right tackle. He played right tackle in college, right? He's. It's not like we'd be throwing him over there. It's not a Tristan Wirth situation like you see in Tampa where he's never played over there and, and he came out saying, hey, I'm working with a sports psychologist. It's a big change. Um, there's a little bit of that, but it's solely he has no faith. In the postgame presser, he was talking about – in, in the preseason game about how, Hey, I didn't trust the turf. It's a turf thing. It's like, man, it's going to be a turf thing. Everything, everywhere you go. Right. Right. And, right. And right. You got to worry it as far as trading them. I, I honestly, I don't think it makes that much sense unless it's truly a behind the scenes issue. Like it was with like a, an Elijah Moore and, and with how publicly is on, on Twitter and, and social media, maybe it is, but it's like, 
we're an all-in year, the upside of Makai is going to outweigh a future fourth-round pick, a future fifth-round pick. It's If you get prime Makai or rookie year Makai for th- three games and that's all you get, it's probably better than what we're going to get returned on a day three draft pick that you'd get for him. The downside and, and where a lot of that speculation, I think, comes in trading him comes from what what does that roster spot do, right? Having him on the roster takes a spot. Do you carry five tackles? And and you just start doing the math. Do we carry three quarterbacks? You carry, okay, we want to carry all these running backs. You want to, you want to have Bam. You want to have Brees. You want to have Michael Carter. If you add a Dalvin Cook, if you want to carry a Nick Bodden, you, you start running out of roster spots pretty quickly. And that's where the speculation I think really comes home is like, it's just a numbers game. And if you can't, if you can't rely on this guy to play 10 snaps, 15 snaps, play a whole game. And even if he plays a whole game, can he play the next week? He hasn't been able to string together consistent practices. He's been taking days off after contact practices after yep. this preseason game, only, only playing seven snaps. That's where you start to worry. I think is really, yep. can we string it together? If he can't, get something back, free up the roster spot for a guy that's going to help us win on Sundays on Mondays. Right. You know, I just want to make it clear. I'm very 50, 50 on the idea of trading him because I think what matters is the return. I think I I've been very pro Becton to be honest. Like I've probably been a bigger Becton apologist than most. Um, it, it's inspiring to see the shape that he got in and his reason for getting in shape as a new father and to salvage his career, which is, I respect that. You know, a lot of people, Hate Mackay for being, you know, Charmin Soft on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. Uh, but I don't know, man. I just like there's something about the situation that just doesn't sit well, right? The the tweet saying, the, the post saying, I am a left tackle, you know, that kind of feels like it set the whole thing off. So I don't know. Um, like the the options to tackle aren't inspiring regardless, right? Dwayne Brown is is 127 years old. Um, coming off a shoulder injury. Max Mitchell has shown you essentially nothing. I know that a lot of people like to run the tape against of Max Mitchell playing against threes and fours, guys who are going to be looking for jobs in the XFL come next year. I, I It does nothing for me, right? Um, yeah, I, I think I the know. only maybe intriguing option is if you could work out something with Cincinnati in, in one of their – because right. they're kind of in a situation where they have maybe three tackles, but even then – like if I'm Cincinnati, I'm not selling either of those guys either because you've seen tackle injuries impact right. impact Joe Burrow, who is limping limping along. And it, if we as the Jets have no faith in Makai, I don't know why another team is going to have exactly. any faith in Makai. And it's not even like you have a year to really rebuild them and, and run it back again next year. You have to make a contract decision on them next right. year. It, I, I just don't think the math, so to speak, works to, to move right. him. But. It's It's – you know, it's going to be something that I think they're going to take to the wire. <laughs> Excuse me. I think you're not going to have a, re- a resolution on this anytime soon. Um, it's just a matter of him playing, man, and playing well and staying on the field. And that's not a given with him, obviously. Uh, you know, you hope that the weight he took off would ease up on the knee. But ultimately, if, if Sal- when Salah says he's going to play about 20 snaps and then he only plays seven, whatever it is, and, and Makai even says – you know, the, the turf wasn't good for my knee. Like, dude, uh, what are we doing here? Like, are you motivated or not? Right. So, uh, and, and it seems like it wasn't one of those things that like should have kept him off the field in that preseason game. Right. Like the trainers didn't pull him out of the game. He pulled himself out of the game. So, uh, that that's even more concerning, but 
I don't know, dude. I, I just like the, the whole tackle situation is scary. I mean, the, the one positive, I guess, about it is that Aaron Rodgers getting rid of the ball quick will alleviate that a bit, right? You won't have to worry about having, you know, bad tackle situation when he just he can get rid of the ball. But you want to have good tackles in, in a Super Bowl or bust season, ultimately. So, yeah, I mean, and we, you don't have to look back too far. The, the Kansas City, Tampa, Bay Super Bowl, right? A couple of years back when Kansas City went in with injured tackles and you saw what happens at the highest level against the elite teams. Yep. It you you they take advantage of yep. exposed tackles. That's right. So so let's from one one kind of fire starter conversation to another. Zach Wilson didn't play much in that preseason game. Everybody on the Jets beat has said that he looks really good during practice. I know uh, Dennis uh, Wazak, I, I want to say his, his last name is for, for the AP, has pretty much given Zach Wilson a star every every practice that he's played. He Listen, I don't want to put too much stock in it. It's preseason. His footwork looked better. His pocket presence looked a little bit better. He's stripped down all of his drip. He has no more sleeves. He has no more headband. He's just going out there with the bare arms and the wrist tape. No more funky visor. The headband isn't sticking out of the helmet anymore. Any stock in Zach Wilson's performance from the first preseason game, or are we just looking too much into it at this point? I mean, no. <laughs> you, you, saw, <laughs> you see the arm talent and they got him drafted high, right? And right. It's, th- it's third stringers, man. Like, if you look at the Jets inactive list and you look at the Browns inactive list, it's like, and, and the Browns depth was, isn't very good on D. Right. So, um, well, We'll 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 see where we're at at end of preseason. We'll see where we're at next year. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not cha- I'm not moved on Zach at all. We we have a couple years of tape. It's going to take a little bit for him to undo that again. Mm-hmm. With with Zach, as much as it is with Makai, it's a lot mental. You see the arm talent. You can see him with the off platform throws with just the ease that that 57 yard bomb that was easy. Right. And right. we've been looking, you know, there's some, some Mike white cope in the, in the jet scored the, over the past couple of days. And so we were pulling up the Garrett Wilson throw against Minnesota or, or he missed them. And it's, it's just a different throwing motion. He, he has, he has the arm talent. It's always been mental. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I want to cling on to a little bit of hope here, you know, just, yeah. just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. I, I don't think he looked, he didn't bail out of the pocket. Like even on the deep throw, how, how, it feels like in years past he would have bailed that pocket and tried to make the same throw. That's because that's because he's got a rod in his ear telling him exactly hey, chug it, chug it deep chug to it the down. guy. He's yeah. doing the pre-snap read for him, right? It's like the yeah, McV- but- the McVay joystick with Jared Goff. <laughs> it's kind of that. It's, it's that two point It's not the worst thing in the world, Sliz. If we're being honest, right? Yeah. You know, it's not. Ultimately, I know a lot of listen. I'm not saying Zach is a future, but it would be nice to get a benefit out of having in the rare in the rare case that. Then the God forbid Aaron Rodgers goes down with a hamstring or an ankle injury or something, and we have to be stuck with Zach for four weeks or longer. I mean, it's it's him or Tim Boyle at this point. It's it's not right? Tim Boyle. <laughs> it's him or Tim Boyle. You it's know, not, like, it's not Tim Boyle. It's oh no, not, it's, it's him not Traveler either. <laughs> Rest in peace. So we'll see, man. I mean, listen. Ultimately, you want him to do something good. Like I, I understand Jets fans being very pissed with Zach and the performances that he's put out on tape and not trusting him whatsoever. But 
as fans, we should also operate on the best case scenario that, listen, maybe he removes his head from his rear end and he starts to play solid quarterback. That's what this team, that's what this team would need in a pinch. So I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So Sliz, uh, something else that happened this, this off season, thank God we got to this point is Quinn and Williams signing his extension. What were your thoughts on the deal? It, it really feels like it's right in about the sweet spot of what we were kind of expecting. I, th- I thought that he would have gotten another year, but it, it does feel like a, like a solid deal for both sides. Yeah. I think it kind of came in. It's the longer it dragged out kind of the worse you felt. And it was like, Oh man, we're going to, we're going to really get hose on. Right. This. I think it came out really, I'd say what maybe our preseason or pre off season expectations were, but below kind of our adjusted expectations, seeing some of the contracts that came out, it's like he got, he got right above Jeffrey Simmons. And unless you're a, uh, a prime numbers in the chat, you're, you're, you're probably cool with that. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the risk with Quinnen was always, he wasn't consistent his first couple of years. He really broke out last year. Um, do you buy that breakout? Clearly we are. And, and to be honest, we put ourselves in a situation where we have to buy that breakout. So it, it's good in terms of, Hey, this is a, a absolute stud. He's a good, he's a good locker room guy. You can see him on all the social media clips. He's just a good dude. That's a guy. We finally extended a first rounder to a multi-year deal, um, for the first, first time since Mo Wilkerson. Um, yeah, you you have to feel decent about where we landed on that. Wasn't an overpay was, was really about market value and and he's a dude you want to lock up, right. At, At a position that matters. And he's quarterback. and he's and he's twenty five, right? Am I wrong? Maybe he's a year younger, twenty four. Yeah, like he is young. So so like it's not ultimately you're not giving a twenty eight year old, you know, a five a four year deal. You're giving it a twenty four year old a, a, a four year deal, which is, is really is, just a three year deal. That a so, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, listen, like... Jermaine Johnson's about forty seven <laughs> years old now. Okay, and and the the defensive end situation is another one that I'm keeping a close eye on as as we move through the preseason. Again, it sounds practice is practice, right? But it really sounds like Jermaine may be taking the next step. Maybe uh, it sounds like he's fast. He put on some good weight. It sounds like he's worked on his first step. I mean, we need it. <laughs> we need it, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Period. We need it. We need him to be good. We need if this if this defense is going to be built on getting after the passer and hoping Sauce and DJ Reed can play lockdown corner again. We need it. We need it bad. So what do you, what do you think of, of all the JJ hype? I know he doesn't like being called JJ, but what do you think of all the Jermaine Johnson hype coming out of coming out of preseason? I mean, I, I buy it a little bit, right? And you have to kind of, you have to remember they're playing against the same tackles we've been trashing for an entire off season. So, so there's that layer to it. Right. But I, I think, you know, when they drafted them, they clearly had plans to use them at the wide nine. They didn't at all last year. Right. Um, Sala, granted, he gasses up all of his guys, but is really, really gassing up his work ethic, how he changed his body type, um, you know, just in little clips. And his number. Yeah, changed up his number, right? Un- unlocked some MIM speed off the edge. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you hope, like, even looking back at his college film, there were there were some clear fundamental issues with just how he deconstructed blocks, how he attacked his rush plan in general. 
that's the type of stuff where getting to the NFL, sitting and kind of being in a reserve role, and then having now his second full NFL offseason. Those are the things you expect those guys to build up. I, I think he'll be a contributor. I, I am buying the the usage hype. It's just there, there's so many bodies. It's hard to like. I'm buying the Lawson hype. Clear, JFM's been a stud. I don't I don't think that's going to change, right? Clemens is beefed up. You you assume he's going to be in kind of that JFM 2.0 role. It's just where where do the snaps come from? Where does the usage come from? I I don't know. Will McDonald? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where, where does he fit into the pie? You know, we've already replaced Bryce Huff, <laughs> essentially. The, the wait most for, waiting for him to retire out of the the roster. The the the, uh, the biggest surprise of the offseason for me was finding out that Will McDonald's name is not William, but Wilbert. His name yeah. is Wilbert Sliz. Is okay. Wilbert? Doesn't matter what his name know. is. As long I don't know. He's the QB, it's, just, man. It's, it's funny to me. I, it's, it's Wilbert, not even William. Like William McDonald sounds pretty regal. Wilbert McDonald sounds like, I don't know, a farmer somewhere, you know? He did go to Iowa State. A goat cheese farmer, something. Anyway, uh, so do you have any other, any other big takeaways from the preseason so far, preseason game one? Nah, not really. But we're, we're, on, to, we're on to week two. We're on to week two. Fair. So no, let's move wait. on to... No major injuries thus far. Yes, that's Knock big news. Wood. Maybe I yep. shouldn't have said that, but it, yep. we've been. I mean, you saw it. You saw it in the week building up to the Hall of Fame game or on the league. It's it it's hitting right. Yep. So, last thing wood, you, so far so good. I mean, the Garrett Wilson thing gave us all a little bit of a of a scare, but it looks like his ankle's going to be fine. You know, low ankle sprain, ideal. You know, that's where you want to sprain your ankle is right. in the low part of it, not in the high part of it. So uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, we've avoided that so far, but. Man, I'm going to have to adjust to this. Long way to go. Chimp is right where it hurts, dude. They're blowing it up. Listen, if you're listening on the on the Wednesday edition of this podcast, I think uh, you should you should try and jump on the live Tuesday, Tuesday night version because uh looks like they're having a party in chat right now. So shout out to Small Chimp and everybody else's name who I don't recognize in here. So hey, we got uh, Jerry out there. We got, we got where me, we got Albus. Oh, we, we got a couple of the boys. Here out we there. go. Here we go. Oh, the boys, Joe Sliz and the boys new podcast name, but uh, all right. So let's, let, let's move on talking about uh, the boys. I want to give an early top gun. Uh, I want to give an early top gun to someone out here, man. And it's Aaron Rodgers, brother. Um, Aaron Rodgers has, has done Aaron Rodgers has said, everything right he's done everything right a lot of people are saying a lot of people were saying you know uh this guy's you know he's in it for himself you know he takes the pay cut which i know there's some mechanics in it you're stretching now you're giving void void years but a 35 million dollar pay cut is pretty significant you know, in like, a, it, in like a real pay cut too, not a right. not a just pushing the money pay cut. Or right. It, it was a it was a legitimate pay cut, and man, you you heard you heard all off season. Rogers isn't going to show up till till August September. Right. He's not going to be bought in. He's just collecting a check. Um, I mean, yeah, he's proved it wrong. He got the haircut. He looks. He's on the Brady plan. He looks revitalized. <laughs> he looks younger. He's bought in. He's he's rocking the the number eight sauce chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's 
it's hard not to get excited, right? Right. And listen, this time of year, it's always tough to sift through the propaganda, right? Like it's always like it's only good vibes in preseason usually, unless there's like big injuries. It's always oh well, this team has a real shot this year. You hear them gelling really well, but then it's different to see Rogers coaching up Zach Wilson, and it's different to see Rogers with a secret handshake with everybody on the team, right? And especially coming off a few years in green Bay where it was very contentious, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, man, this guy hates everything about green Bay. He's going to punch Brian Gutekunst the first chance he gets. Uh, he just wants his money. He might, doesn't care about anything still. else. But still, yeah, he might still. That's he gets. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. He might still, but it, it's, it's certainly a breath of fresh air to see a superstar like Rogers come in here. Number one, but a superstar like Rogers to come in here and, be that veteran leader on a team, right? Like the team mm-hmm. respects him. They love him. Like he's not just here for a paycheck. He's here to help win. And that's, that's great to see. So uh, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what else can be said about Rogers at this point, but mega, mega, mega top gun, top gun uh, recognition for him so far. And during his jets tenure. Absolutely. All right. So let's, let's move on to uh, a favorite of ours, uh, golden or wooden. Uh, we have a few prompts here, and if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, Golden, as in Golden Joe, recognizes that it's going to be it's a positive thing. It's something that, uh, you know, has a chance to pan out if it's a prediction, and Wooden is something that's negative, or if it's a prediction, it doesn't have a chance of panning out. So uh, first thing that we have here is uh, second-round pick Joe, uh, Joe Tipman. He's... He hasn't been a st- standout at camp, to say the least. Uh, not a lot of positive around him. And the prompt we have here, Joe Tipman seemingly not in contention to start. Sliz, is that golden or wooden in your eyes? It's a uh, it's a woolen. It's a it's a hollow. <laughs> right? Hollow, hollow um, Joe. So i I think it's I think it's both. I'm going to be a, a an ugly fence sitter here. So it's it's I'll start with the wooden aspect, right? We traded, it's not just we spent a second round pick on Joe Tipman. We traded a third round pick plus Elijah Moore to move up essentially for, for Joe Tipman, right? At a position where we went out in free agency and got two veterans that you feel comfortable taking starter snaps throughout the season, right? Um, you know, you, you, the discourse around it is, well, you... you you know, you're not, you're drafting for the future. We have, we have the opportunity to actually build the pipeline. We have a two, three absolute max year window, right? Um, there were, there were options that could have helped contributed immediately. Right. Um, so that's kind of the wooden part. I think on the, on the flip side, it it's early in camp. I, I don't expect certainly Wes, uh, Switzer, Schweitzer, 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 to be above him sounds cooler yeah Tipman look he did look good in the preseason game granted against backups but still he 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 looked good he was caught he was sealing off his blocks climbing the second level kind of showing off why we had him highly rated um and really to to nail home the golden and and i was vocal about this having a veteran setter with aaron Rodgers, especially at the onset is something that we probably need a lot of Rogers game and you've, you've heard the beat all over this, the hand signals, the pre-snap recognition, having a setter that can relay that, that can understand it, that can work through the cadence of a veteran quarterback is important. So 
I mean, it doesn't feel great. Immediate impact, immediate return. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, and I think going with the vet out the gate makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, it's, we know that Salah's the type of guy too, in this coaching staff or the types of dudes to just say, listen, go out and earn it. Right. Uh, by no means was Tippmann ever going to get that sec- even second spot on the depth chart, I think coming out of, coming out of draft, coming in as a rookie. So I just, I mean, listen, we haven't seen enough. <laughs> we haven't heard enough, but it was what it comes down to. Right. Um, and if Nathaniel Hackett is the type of teacher, if he's the type of coach that everyone thinks he is, or at least Rogers has said he is. And if Rogers is the type of teacher and the type of guy that puts such an emphasis on having that good center play and all of the stuff that he, that Rogers does, like you mentioned, the cadence and the snap counts and knowing uh, protections and all that, you know, that's what Rogers does. It's one of his signatures. So uh, having him sit back and really relax and learn and from the guys in front of him and learn from Rogers is not a bad thing, right? Um, and let it, let's not forget, Rogers just came off of working with a rookie drafted center in Green right. Bay and in, in Myers from Ohio State, right? He just went through this. I, I have no doubt he has some input into this uh, process, this decision. Here's, here's an idea from the chat. Tipman. Uh, Joe Tipman, Lincoln Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, Wes Schweitzer, and AVT, an all-guard offensive line. Hey, tackle can't get worse, so <laughs> let's let's roll with it, baby. I, I made the comment the other day, AVT's probably the best tackle on the roster. The problem he's, is he's, he's, a, he's best at guard. He's got so these what do you, short what do you arms. Do? He's got these short arms, man. Yeah. Short arms, man. Alligator arms. But I don't know. I, I think it's still too early. Too early on the Tipman thing, one way or the other. All right, this one's a major wooden before I even read it, but – um, listen, Dalvin Cook rumors persisted the entire offseason since he's been released, right? It, it, in my opinion, it feels like another just another one of these use the Jets for leverage and then spring to Miami type deal. Um, so the, the idea of signing Dalvin Cook is that a, a golden or wooden sliz? So I think, I think signing Dalvin Cook is wooden. I think looking to add a veteran running back makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think Dalvin cooks the option. I I know there's been all sorts of, all sorts of stats um, really kind of highlighting his inefficiency, his relative drop off. Um, I know a lot of the jets X guys have a bunch of clips up there. His pass protection is not great. If you look at his injury history, his shoulder is shredded and it's very obvious when he goes in to, to lay a block on a, on a downhill linebacker, or a D lineman. Um, and, and really more than anything, it's the price point, right? When you hear 8 million for that, it, it doesn't make you feel good. I, I do think we need a veteran running back, right? You look at the running back room, um, kind of hold Brees to the side, right? Brees is, obviously what we're planning on running the running back room through, but you have Michael Carter, you have Bam Knight and you have, you have Izzy, right? Three guys, none of them you feel good about in pass protection. None of them you feel really great about and kind of clutch have to have it down situations. And they're all young, right? Even adding Brees back into the room, 
Michael Carter's the veteran in the room, right? Yep. It's not, it's not a and room with 10 years. To be fair, and to be fair, Michael Carter didn't show you much of anything last year. Mm-mm. And I understand some of that is how bad the offensive line was, but I mean, it, it, the whole change of pace back thing and like the different style of back that he is, is good for a running back two or three spot. It's not good if he's going to be, and we saw it his rookie year. It's not good if you're, if you want him to start. So, right. um, the, the whole running back room, it, it's, it's pretty under, I don't want to say it's underwhelming. I, I, I don't think that's accurate, but, and people don't want to hear this, but it looks a lot different with Brees Hall leading it than it does with, you know, take your pick of running back that's currently on the roster. Right. So I don't know, Dalvin cook, man, like here, take, take one year, $3 million, like, mm-hmm. and I'd be fine with it. You know, if we're, if we're getting up around five, I'm getting iffy, anything more than five. Absolutely not. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. So. And, and, and I've been, I have been loving soaking up every minute of this running backs don't matter renaissance yeah, man. the NFL, right? You see it with JT, you see, you had, you had the zoom call, <laughs> you had Saquon coming off the zoom call and then taking like basically nothing, right? Like conceding and, and taking these um, incentives with playoff mandate on them. So it's like, he basically just signed, signed a stag and is, and is living with that. Yeah. However, my my one caveat with running backs don't matter is it's on largely on the margins and the jets being in a win now mode that margin can matter right it can matter in in game situations and and that's where you you would like to upgrade and and i love izzy right i'm i've been gobbling up all anyone that will take me on an izzy versus dalvin cook efficiency bet i've been i've been gobbling those up in the discord but there is something to be said about rookies. We've seen rookies get kind of the yips, get fumbleitis, um, get benched as a result, right? And and you'd love you'd love someone like a Dalvin Cook at a three million dollar price point, right? Right. Why why are we paying premium across the board for ring chasers, right? right? They're not ring chasers if you're paying them at or above market value. So and that's that's why I said this whole this whole situation just feels like a huge jets for leverage to go to Miami type deal. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how interested Miami is in him. Cle- I mean, clearly not if he's gotten to this point in the offseason and he's still looking for a home, right? So I don't know, man. I, I just like Dalvin Cook doesn't excite me at this point in his career. Um, at the right price point, like if it's something that doesn't hurt the hurt the wallet or the cap ultimately, like fine. But I'm I'm totally cool with until Brees gets back. I'm I'm cool with Bam and and Carter and Izzy. I'm fine. Like I don't, I don't feel desperate to add a guy in that situation. So, well, especially I I think you mitigate it. I think in that situation, if we don't sign Dalvin Cook, we're definitely carrying a Nick Bodden on the roster. So you got a fullback in there to to help augment. We have some versatile tight ends that help augment the run game. You you can you can mask some things, and hopefully early in the season. You'd expect it to be probably as good as the tackle situation is going to be health-wise, performance-wise. Um, take that for what it is, I guess. <laughs> yep. uh, Primordial Chaos in the chat uh, says, uh, we should do everything we can to replace Bam. That's a take. I mean, I think it's fine. I, like, I don't think Bam is anything special. I'll, I don't think Michael Carter is anything special either, right? And the different the difference in the tiebreaker between the two, Bam can do special teams. I don't think Michael Carter can, right? This dude's tiny. 
So like Michael Carter's ideal usage is end a half hurry up where you're where you're kind of in the in a move the ball mode, right? And that's it. That's it. that's his his prime usage is going out into the flat, catching the ball and putting some jukes on and picking up yards to get out of bounds, right? Yep. But between the tackles, even outside the ta- outside the tackles, he's he's probably our worst runner outside the tackles. He's he's certainly one of the worst ones inside the tackles. He I, I think you and I would do better in pass protection. Like it's it's hard to slot what his role is outside of hey, tote the rock a little bit on early downs until Izzy's up to speed and and get out there in two minute drill. Yep. A uh, question from the chat. What what would you think about Ezekiel Elliott if we could get a good deal? Man, I, I am. I, uh, I'm, that's going to be a no for me. To be I honest, I am fully on the record that Zeke is absolutely He's cooked. He's cooked. Stick but fork. he would instantly be the best third down back on the roster. So I'm I'm think- open to it at like vet min to two million dollars. I'm I'm open to it. You had a veteran, you get a body. I don't. I wouldn't want him to get any serious amount of touches outside of third down. There's a few things that scare me about Zeke. Number one, it's his injury history. And number two, it's he's not always in shape. Yeah. Uh, the whole the whole feed me, you know, the whole feed Zeke thing, like that's taken a bit literally at times. So he's on the uh, I, on the James Harden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like he's been in decent shape in the last couple of years, but again, to your point, I think he's I think he's washed now. Um I don't think he's got a lot left in the tank. I mean, yeah, and it's one of those situations that if you're signing him for a really cheap deal with incentives, maybe, but he's not a guy that I would no doubt, hey, $3 million, you know, the job is yours until Brees Hall gets, no, I wouldn't go there. And, And the other part of it is the hilarious part of the whole Zeke thing is remember when he was first released, it was like, oh, he wants to go to the Jets or the Bengals, or I forget who the other team was, but it was like three Super Bowl contending teams. Yeah, and all three were like, we're good, bro. We're okay. Like, you know, so I don't know. Um, so I, I, like I said, I'm fine with the running back room for now. I'm not like, if someone gets hurt, it's a different story. I think Brees is closer than than we think. I don't think he's... Like you see, and I understand the game speed and taking hits is different than seeing him without pads in practice, but I don't think that they would lie about his health. And in, in, I don't think Salah would lie about his health and how close he is. I, I mean, maybe. I mean, he yeah. did it with Zach, right? But like, uh, I, I don't, I don't think so either. I think with running backs, right, you, you do need to load manage a little bit. And our, our opening schedule is pretty tough until the bye, right? We play a lot of Super Bowl hopefuls. We play Buffalo. We play Dallas. We play Philly. We play Kansas City, right? And it's kind of you want someone that can hit the ground running week one, and that might not be Brees. And you also want to conserve. You want a full health Brees post-bye through the second half of the schedule into the playoffs. So right. how, do you, how do you thread that needle? It's maybe a tough question. Yeah, it's tough. Tough to answer. All right, so as we move on, uh, everybody has their eyes on the tight end room, and this one is particularly interesting to me. Uh, the Jeremy Ruckert hype uh, has been pretty persistent all offseason. I'd like to think that Aaron Rodgers has a, a decent amount to, of, uh, to do with that. We know that he's always liked his tight ends throughout his career. Uh, we know that Aaron Rodgers has made a tendency or a habit of turning 
I don't want to say Jeremy Ruckert to nobody, but turning guys into household names, right? And we've seen the splash plays on Twitter, but again, him being held out of that first preseason game tells you a lot about what they think about his role moving forward, right? So Golden or Wooden, the Jeremy Ruckert hype, is that legit? Are you in on Jeremy Ruckert? What do you, what do you say? I, I've been in, man. I, I know there was a lot of... And, and I'm going to ignore Jets Twitter because they hype up every pick imaginable, right? <laughs> and, and especially Jeremy Rucker being like a local kid, being a Jets fan, like he, he kind of gets a like that pick gets a pass from a lot of folks. Yep. Um, I know, but they're like among among Jets discord and stuff. There's criticism of, hey, we just signed two free agent tight ends, a decent contract. Right. They're, right. they're here for three years. Rucker wasn't as productive as a lot of folks would have liked at Ohio State. But I was I was in on it, right? And a big part of that, I, I think he probably by the end of the season takes over CJ Uzama's role, who has been inconsistent health wise anyway, even in the pre this preseason and in and, and past years. Um, I think he's just more dynamic in, in every facet. And and last year, that is when you want to get guys, draft guys for the future, develop for the future, plug holes, get ahead of holes that will be coming. Um, if he's hitting the ground running year two, that that's phenomenal. Normally with tight ends, you know, the downside is if you're drafting them, it, it's like a three year development track before you can really expect dividends on that. If we're getting some of that in year two, that's awesome. Yep. So we'll say I'm, I'm in on, I'm in on record. I always like record. I mean, his usage at Ohio state wasn't always the pass catching tight end. Right. But he did flash a bit, which is why he wasn't a, he wasn't a day. I mean, he wasn't a second round pick. Ultimately, he was a fourth round pick. And you can live fourth round pick or third round pick. Third. Very third round. The third. Yeah. Very so like you, you can live with that, right? You know, especially and listen, Uzama's nearing the end, we we think. Like he's I think he's gone after the season either way. Um so we'll see. We'll see. I'm fine with that. Uh I, I'm, I'm I cool do, with it. I do think like production wise and and we got rebranded run in the chat. Um Conklin is going to be fed this year. I, I, mm-hmm. I buy that. I buy that legitimately. I think Conklin's going to be fed. I'm fine with that. I mean, you don't sign these guys to not throw them the ball, right? Yeah. So, oh, we'll yeah. See. All right. So, is this last one uh, a little bit of conf- confusion for me? So, so why don't you why don't you read this last golden or wooden uh, before we move on? Yeah. So, the the usage of Bryce Huff and Will McDonald into the second half into the fourth quarter of the, the hall of fame game i know there's been a lot of thoughts a lot of blowback on that what what what's your thoughts on using bryce huff um kind of a guy who doesn't have a massive snap role but has a pretty pivotal key down role and then will mcdonald the dude that we took in the first round playing late into what what you'd consider the dead zone of preseason with with guys that are not making an NFL roster. I'll say this about Huff. Does that feel like a showcase to you? I I because- would say I would say no, but it's like, man, we've done everything imaginable two years in a row to bury this dude on the depth chart. Yep. For me, it, it's it's weird. It's it's weird. Um, because you've heard all offseason like Bryce Huff is potentially a trade candidate, right? So it's, it's one of those things that like, okay, I'd, I'd buy it. Um, you know, Will McDonald is, he's a rookie and he's is, again, with these rookies of these young players, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. Sal is going to make you earn it ultimately. Right. So 
I can understand Will McDonald playing late. <laughs> Listen, if I have to see this freaking spin move one more time, I'm gonna rip my eyeballs out, bro. It's it's the, he's, the, the one, he's a cyclone, baby. I just <laughs> if I need to see this, if I'm gonna see this one more time, I'm gonna rip my. I don't know. I you know, hard for me to say golden or wooden on this. I mean. I understand it. So I guess I'll go with golden if that makes sense. So like, I'm going to go golden in the face of the criticism. Cause it's like, we need to play edges, right? You're not right. playing Lawson. You're right. not playing JFM. They didn't suit up. Right. So you played Clemens right. and you played Jermaine Johnson early. And that's like, it's your edge five and six. These are the guys that play in these games. That's just the reality right. of it, right? You need bodies right. in there. We're not going to roster. I know we have an expanded 90 man roster in training camp. You're not going to roster. Well, granted, our, our staff might roster 15 edges, but you're not you're not going to roster enough guys to give these like these kind of pointless snaps to. And grant, and even given the pointless, like there's no shot any guy beyond Will McDonald and Bryce Huff is making the roster. Right. Probably have an outside chance of even making the practice squad with how deep we are. So, right. like it's just it's just soaking snaps. It's one of those things, though, Sliz. It's like. If I have to hear the word depth one more time from Jets Twitter, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I, I, I'm going to use wooden too. Like I, I know I keep giving golden and wooden on my all God. these. Make up your mind. Put, put it wooden on like the fact that we're in this situation to begin with, right? Of we we've drafted we drafted three edges over the last two years, and we have um, Carl Lawson on a good contract, and we have JFM on a good contract. And then we have a breakout candidate in, in Bryce Huff, like I said, that we just keep burying. It's like the Will McDonald pick could have waited a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could have waited till Lawson was gone. We could have waited till JFM's contract was more malleable. You could have waited till Bryce Huff was a pending free agent if you didn't like him. We, di- we didn't need to address the pass rushing specialist role right. until Bryce Huff was actually out of the building. I'll tell you this, Golden or Wooden going live on, on YouTube too. Uh, I'm, I'm, the chat is starting to give me Wooden vibes. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it, how it shakes out over the course of the season. But uh, so far, a big Wooden from the chat, especially with all the, the depth stuff happening there. But listen, the thing about depth is like people like saying depth because they recognize names, not because it's good, right? So like all of Jets Twitter keeps saying, oh, look at the depth in the tackle room. I'm like, dude, the depth is Billy Turner and Max Mitchell. Like, is is the does, why does that excite you? Like, that's not depth. That's just guys. It's just names you recognize. Like, I don't understand. Uh, like, well, we, I want to I take these guys to school on, like, what good depth is. Right? Mo- like, mo- most of the Jets fans aren't ready for this. The wide receiver room is similar to that, too. Alan Lazard is not the dude that Jets fans think he is. We'll see. And I'll I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Listen, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a useful <laughs> player. I, I think you can get somewhere with him and his chemistry with Rodgers. Like, oh, yeah. I think that ma- I think that matters a little bit. I do. You know, I do. Um, and again, I don't I don't have like high hopes for Lazard ultimately, but I'm I'm also not going to thumb my nose at a room that has d- depending on what happens with Corey Davis, but like. Garrett Wilson's your clear number one. He's going to be, he's going to ascend to superstardom this year. Alan Lazard is your number two. Corey Davis is in there. I'm, I know Randall Cobb is 80 years old, but again, he's another guy who has chemistry with Rodgers. Nicole Hardman, he's an interesting piece. Like, again, I'm not trying to hype these guys up, but it's a very interesting wide receiver room. And I hate to use that word, but it's a very interesting wide receiver. I don't think it's it bad. Is. 
I, I think that everybody has their role to play. Everybody has a role. Uh, and I think that helps. And it's, I will say it's better without Denzel Mims. So there's that too. Yes. Yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah. Addition, addition by subtraction. Yeah. Yep. Big, there big it is. Time. Uh, one, one last, one last question for you before we move on to the geek of the weeks, Liz, uh, Jason Brownlee's gotten a lot of run. He's gotten a lot of hype. Any, any thoughts on, on what he might be, what he could be? Is it too early to tell still it's been practices, but it always, it really feels like the hype is through the roof with this guy. I think it's going to break hearts, man. I, he's a practice squad stash. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. I think, receiver, I think he's a dude. I think he's a dude. If we carry him, it's solely to prevent him from getting scooped up by someone else. And it's really a play for next year, right? When you have a Corey Davis as a free agent, Nicole Hardman's another free agent, Randall Cobb's a free agent. You end up with a room of Garrett and Lazard and, and granted like a Hardman, you can probably bring back, you can bring some of those guys back, but it's kind of a, a more of a long-term play, which is fine. Sure. He, he was on drafted free agent, right? That's right. what those guys are. You're looking to develop them, grow them. Right. Um, you'd hate for it to maybe look short-sighted again year one, like we did last year with the Pinnock, Tony Adams thing, um, which if it works this year, you can, you know, maybe aged well, but like carrying a Vinnie Curry over Jason Pinnock, maybe a little bit questionable, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to, you don't want to, you, you want, again, try to thread the needle of just trying to figure out dudes that you can get to your practice squad. And, and right. that's, that's the cut down math, right? That's the game you play. Brownlee will catch a Super Bowl winning Hail Mary 2024 from your lips to God's ears. All right. Maybe the chat is golden after all. Who knows? All right. So let's, let's move on to the geek of the week. And I think we're in lockstep here on this guy. Listen, Mackay Becton, less tweeting, more playing, more snaps, right? I think that's what it comes down to. I, I listen, I wholeheartedly empathize with the mental health struggles. I've dealt, I've dealt with it. Like I get it. Right. But the last thing you want to do as a football player is paint a target on your back. And it feels like that's a lot of what he's done this off season uh, going after, you know, the Twitter haters, you know, going after, you know, I am a left tackle. Like it, it just really feels like he's bringing attention onto himself and not in what should be a positive way. So, you know, there's been, he's done a lot of talking, like pulling himself out of the hall of fame game is really weird to me to say the least. Uh, so this week's geek of the week, Makai Becton. The worst part isn't even like tweeting and, and it, it almost seems like he's trying to convince himself at times, right. but, but what really, what really strikes just wrong is he tweets almost in response to what Sala says in pressers. And it, it's right. happened more than once now it's where it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, he's clearly taking those words and disputing them and trying to convince himself. And it's just, just turn, stay off turn, the tweet machine, yeah, man. Just, just turn it, delete the app, man. Like right. stay in the, like, like Sala said, he's got to worry about getting on the field, not worrying about winning the tackle job. Yep. And, and that's, Plain and simple, that's what it is. Yep. And and the thing is, like, listen, Zach Wilson sucks. We all know that. But, like, what did Zach Wilson do before last season? He deleted, deleted his Twitter. Like, he wanted nothing to do with it, right? So, I don't know, man. I just – it feels like he's bringing, like, what should be 
him losing the weight and getting back in shape and like trying to play and playing for a contract this year should all be positives, but it just still feels like he's just bringing the wrong kind of energy to himself. And as much as like, I support him and I want to see his, his redemption arc complete. It's also hard for me to try and root for him because of some of the things he said and the things he's done. Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough, bro. It's just tough for me. So we'll we'll see where it winds up. The end of it all, you hope he puts it together and helps out. That's the biggest thing. You hope he gets it together. That's it. All right. So let's move on. This is the flight plan. So joint practices with the Panthers, uh, preseason game two versus the Panthers. What are you looking for from first? Let's, let's start here. What are your thoughts on joint practices? Do you think they're valuable? And it's because sometimes it feels like they're just buddy get togethers. Um, obviously you get, you get a better feel of your team going against these teams in practice, but it's still practice, man. So, uh, what are your thoughts on joint practices and, and what you can kind of glean from them? They'll make good hard knocks content. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it's a good barometer in in terms of where you where you stack a little bit i think getting some fresh looks some fresh bodies on the opposing side is beneficial i I think probably in camp there's a little bit of you kind of know what the other side's working on so you can cheat a little bit here or there um certainly when our d our defense is as good as it is it's yeah i know there's there's always the the sucking the the hopium copium like oh our, our offensive line only looks that bad because it's playing one of the best defenses in the league right and it's like yeah but uh, the offensive line's probably also just bad right so right. you get a you get a different you get a different barometer we do have we have two sets of joint practices so we'll, we'll against kind of really both teams that you don't expect to really be overly competitive this year so it should should be like last year where we played Atlanta and we played New York where you come out of joint practices feeling really good about where we're at as a roster. We should be head and shoulders above these teams. Um, A team like Carolina with a new coaching staff, a largely pretty young team, a rookie quarterback, we should come out of Carolina feeling pretty good. And if we're not, that's probably not signaling a lot of good. I think the Panthers defense is going to be really good. Yes, I agree. so that that should be a good litmus test for the Jets offense. Um, I think there are again, I hate to use this word, but I think their offense is interesting with the additions that they've made. Miles Sanders, like I don't think they're gonna be great. Adam Thielen is kind of washed at this point. I don't think he's gonna bring them a lot. Trading away DJ Moore is gonna be weird for them too. And I understand why they did. Obviously, he's part of the package for no more pick, but um I don't know, man. I, I, I think we should know we should come out of these practices in this game knowing a little bit more. At least, you know, it depends on what the what the starters do in practice. Because assuming they're not going to play in the preseason, the second preseason game, so um, practice should tell us a decent amount. Especially with the, with their edge group, with their defensive line against our offensive line. Like I said, a good litmus test to see where we're at. But um, I, I think the other part of it, to off of that point, is this could be these next two weeks could be make or break for Mackay Beckton. Yes, because coming off of the Hall of Fame game where he only played seven snaps, whatever it is, complaining about the knee again, now going against some of these monsters that they have on their defensive line in practice, even their second string, like, we'll see, man. Um, this is the first the first real test for them. So 
I'm curious to see to see how he holds up. And listen, it hasn't been pretty listening to the Jets beat at least. It hasn't been pretty with him uh, against some of the again with some of the edge rusher guys that we have on our on our D. So I'm very curious to see to see how Mackay comes out of this. Uh, really, really big test for him ahead. I expect to see a lot of Brian Burns in the backfield tweets. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I do. I think I'm hoping we learn a little bit more about our edge pairings, our edge rotation. I think Carolina, has, certainly their tackle room is several steps ahead of ours. Um, I think their offensive line in general is pretty decent. I think it'll be it'll be interesting just to see how we we fight in the trenches on RD RD against their offense. Right. And there's a, there's a question in chat before we move on. How concerning is our offensive line realistically? It's a good question. I mean, I think we painted a pretty decent picture. The tackle room isn't great. Um, th- the interior should be fine. You know, expecting a bounce back from Lakin. I mean, he looked, he looked bad. Capital B bad last year. Um, I don't know how how concerning is it is it for you, Sliz? There's again, there's a lot of ifs on this team. Especially, there's a lot of ifs, ifs along the offensive line, largely a tackle. How concerning is it to you? It it's concerning that you don't feel good about either spot. And granted, Dwayne Brown can find the fountain of youth and kind of really patch up left tackle, and you feel better about it. But it's hard to give attention to both sides, right? You can typically mask one tackle with tight ends, with chips, with running back, chip out of the backfield. With play flow, with motion, you can mask one side. It's really hard to mask both sides. So it is concerning. We're probably a bottom three tackle room, assuming Makai doesn't recapture rookie year form, which, which is feels like impossible to bank on. Um, I think our interior is actually good. I think it's probably above average, and and I think we have a piece in in AVT that can be elite, right, and can really establish the run game out in space, do a lot of things we're we're wanting, help facilitate a lot of things we're wanting to do. Right, but yeah, it's it's concerning. (laughs) All right, Sliz, let's bring it in for a landing. This is the landing strip. Uh, what's not, it's been a while since we've done one of these, so I feel like we haven't actually really yeah, talked much in the last couple months. And, you know, you got, <laughs> no, you got nothing's some, new, nothing's new, man. Right? You got some additions to the family. I have an addition to my family first. So like, it's been a while, but uh, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, man, took took my oldest for a bike ride. I got a little buggy. Um, I don't get on the bike too often, but did this afternoon. It finally started cooling off a little bit, and it was a good time getting out and just doing like 10, 15 minutes around the block on the bike. It was a good time. Nice. nice. Uh, I, can't than, the last, I can't tell you the last time I rode a bike. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. I felt it a little bit in the quads, showing uh, clearly <laughs> clearly the past six months I haven't gotten out and <laughs> worked out too much with with baby craziness. But, um, but I mean, high high level man. I know we have a lot of opinions. I think people certainly compared to other content creators were probably probably people probably see as negative. Uh, I'd like to think us as uh, a little more critical or uh, centered, <laughs> um, but man, enjoy the season. We're, we're we as Jets fans have not gotten a lot of seasons like this of um, what is hopefully above average, if not top tier quarterback play. What is a top defense? What is a lot of 
a lot of hype in general. Once the season starts, man, it's kind of, you know, after every game, you're, there's going to be things to nitpick, complain about, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a yeah. fun year. Yeah. I, it's I'm hyped, man. I mean, again, this team is built on so many ifs, but Aaron Rodgers is a New York jet. Garrett Wilson is a New York jet. Sauce Gardner is a New York jet. Quinton Williams is a New York jet. Like, there are things to be excited about. Uh, top 50 you know? player, CJ Mosley, man. Shut up. God. That NFL, NFL 100 list is an embarrassment. It, it, I'll, I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Just goes. It, it's always funny, especially because I work in sports, but it's always funny because, like, people, people always say, oh, well, the players know best. Like, do they really? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that the players don't always know best. And well, it's it's pretty obvious that they're just vote. It, it's more popularity contest than it is objective. <laughs> right. I mean, that's and that's the thing. So, uh, not to not to give away how the sausage is made, but when I used to help run the the Sporting News Baseball Awards, and those are all run by players, um, they're all voted on by players, and it's always funny to see you know, who votes for who? And I'm like, it's obvious because like this guy's a popular, it's a popularity contest. It's not because they legitimately think this player, which is why like, no players don't always know the most. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty obvious. So <laughs> it is what it is, man. I don't know. Hey, and I got a, I got a bonus golden or wooden. Yeah. Um, I'll see that. Not, not gonna, not gonna pull it up on the big screen. Cause I don't want to uh, put it, put his uh, schedule on blast here, but the, the boy sharp, shared his school schedule i know you you teach a course wanted to get your opinion on this school schedule man it is very heavy afternoon like two to starting at two ending at six most days he's got really one kind of two morning classes like what's the feel on the schedule man so so i'm looking at it um it's listen I, I teach at Rutgers, right? So like I, I I generally know the the vibe of the student. And I've taught in two different time slots. So three different time slots. So I've taught like first class in the morning, which is like at Rutgers post pandemic was like nine o'clock. And I've taught a two o'clock class. And I've taught the class that I teach now starts at 1020, which is like right in the sweet spot. Dude, nine o'clock and two o'clock, these kids are dead tired. Like, you know, college kids don't wake up until noon. Number oh, one, yeah. uh, number two, two o'clock, everybody gets hit with the two o'clock sleepies. Right. So like taking, taking a, a lab after at late at night, like six, that's crazy, man. That's so, like, that's not fun. 40 to, to nine forty lab. Yikes. I mean, yikes to say the least. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm not smart. So I, I was bad at physics. So I couldn't imagine like taking a physics lab at seven forty, where I'm like, half asleep anyway and like looking towards sleeping right um <laughs> as as sharp defends it wasn't by choice i i have i have i have my doubts here but uh i don't know man that's that's a scary schedule it's yeah. a scary schedule not not, uh, not ideal i was not very ideal. much a stack it in the morning and get as much done by 2 2 p.m 3 p.m as possible on my schedule yeah yep. back when man back when my like one of my first semesters in college i had like a 9 a.m. or like like a 9 a.m. even early like 8:20 class I think it was, and then I didn't have a car at the time, so and and being a freshman, you know as well as anybody, I'm sure like it's always tough to like actually pick your classes because oh yeah, 
pretty limited. It's hard to get in. So I had like an 820 class that ended at, you know, 10 o'clock, whatever it was. And then I didn't have another class until like three o'clock in the afternoon. So it was like a lot of me sitting at the community college campus for like five hours and seeing people from high school, which was like the 13th grade. Like, I'm like, oh, this is brutal. This is terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. College scheduling, not fun. Not fun. Uh, all right. So, so I got a couple things from my landing strip thoughts. So um, a lot has happened since we last did this. You know, as, as many of you probably know from the last time, if you listen to this podcast, I, my wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. His name is Remy. He's been a lot of, he's been doing a lot of crying and grunting the last like week or so. So, so what we, we, dis, what we discovered was uh, apparently there's, there's something called grunting baby syndrome, which essentially a baby will, in some cases, a baby will forget how to poop in the first, like after their first week of life. So they have to relearn how to poop. And as you can imagine, it's a lot of straining on the body. So between the hours of three o'clock AM and eight o'clock AM, the child will be in his bassinet grunting away while still sleeping, mind you, like trying to pass the poop, which is like, it's brutal. That's great for sleep. It's <laughs> awful. Um, it, I'm not going to lie. It's absolutely miserable, but um, he's, he's the best. Remy is just, he's the best. He's the cutest little boy. And I couldn't be, could not be happier to, to, to welcome him to our family. Awesome. Um, man. Congrats. It, thank you. It's, it's been, it's been a blast. It really has been. Uh, I built a computer with the help, with your help. Obviously I was blowing yeah. up your discord about a little bit of my help. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, let's be honest. I was blowing up your discord with like 50 messages over that two day period. Uh, when I was, was trying to figure out how to, how to put this thing together. But, uh, generally speaking, you were right. It is like adult Legos. It's pretty simple to put together once you, you know, especially with that video you sent, it's like, Hey, this plugs in here. So that's, that's pretty simple. This plugs in here where I was thrown off was the fans and the cooler. Um, which is very, very annoying to figure out. So, uh, but it's cool. I got a, I got a PC, you know, as part of this new setup, which is pretty cool. Uh, now I get to do a little bit more editing and we get to do this live. So I'm not running it off my laptop all the time. So that's fun. The, discovered uh, a steam library too. Yes, I did. And, and <laughs> my buddy who helped me put together my list of stuff, he's got like 400 and something games in his steam library. So we're, 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 playing away here i've been playing tomb raider the first tomb raider from like 1996 nice. uh, because i so, never beat it so if you get the if you get the neck beard going in a couple of weeks we know why right? we'll know why right uh, <laughs> yeah we'll know why and i just like progressively like my my setup gets darker and darker and my hair gets longer and i smell a little bit more we'll know why but uh yeah it's uh it's, it's been an adventure it's been an adventure this, this whole pc thing it's pretty cool um and my last thought that i have here so I went to ShopRite yesterday. Um, this is, you know, you just, sometimes you go to the supermarket and you just look through aisles, right? Like it's not always a list. And I rediscovered Nutella. And I don't know how, 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 uh, how much Nutella you ingest, but the, the problem with me and Nutella is that I'll just take a spoonful at random hours and just suck down the Nutella. So uh, what are your thoughts on Nutella, Liz? How do you, how do you like to, to enjoy if you do it all? I'm a fan, but it kind of goes in spurts, right? You'll get I'll get a tub and then not touch one for a year, and then get another tub. Usually, usually as a spread on uh, something toasted, uh, whether that's um, a nice croissant is nice. 
Mm. Nice buttered croissant toasted with spread Nutella. Nice dessert before bed. But uh, I mean, in general, I'm, I like it. Don't really go out of my way to get it. To generally lean towards peanut butter more so. But I'll, I'm, peanut I'm, butter I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Nutella. I, I like I like peanut butter. Peanut butter is good. What are you a are you a uh, a crunchy or a creamy peanut butter guy? I I, I go both ways, man. I, on on food, I have I am very open when it comes to food in in a general sense. I mix it up. I'll get I'll get chunky one day. I'll get I'll get smooth another day. I can't do the chunky peanut butter, man. I don't know. I don't mind it. I think in, in certain things, like certainly it depends what your use case is, right? Like on a PB and J chunky's fine, but mm-hmm. if I'm going to put it in a smoothie or something, probably not get chunky for that. Yep. It's suboptimal as some would say, but that'll do it for this episode of jet fuel. I, I, an incredible live episode. We're really aside from being a little bit late went off without a hitch. So big shout out to the homies in the chat. Thank you for your, for your help. Uh, so obviously you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple podcast. Please, please, please leave us a five-star review where applicable. It really helps us out. do something. I don't know what, (laughs) obviously we're now available on YouTube and we're live on Tuesdays. So, uh, please join us on Tuesday nights. The chat has been great. So thank you again to the chat. Uh, So this has been a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad we can do this live. You can find us on Twitter at jet fuel podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera, SN Sliz. Where can the people find you on Twitter? At, at on on X on X. Oh Joe, my God! No, X, we're we're Twitter. We're not doing the X. X. I'm sorry. Uh, at, at Sliz underscore NYJ. Um, you will you will not find me in Mackay Becton's uh, replies anymore because <laughs> he he could not he could not stand a, an innocent Garfield meme. So yep. that, that's where that's where we live. But that's that's a hell of a way to go out. Yeah, hell of a way to go out. I'm, I'm but, celebrating running backs don't matter. Usually poking beef on Nania's stats and lack <laughs> of uh, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Now, yeah. You'll find me keep, out there. Find me in discord. We, mostly. <laughs> we we got to keep, we got to keep uh friendly, uh friendly relations up with the jet X people. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't burn every bridge. Yep. Uh, you can always send us an email at jet fuel, discord podcast at gmail.com and Sliz. How can the people join the discord? Yeah. And, um, what is it? Oh, geez. It's discord.gg slash. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been it's a while. Me off guard. It's been a minute since we did the ring. Yep. Yeah. Discord.gg slash NY jets. We have live game threads, both delay. And if you're watching on cable and yeah, come out, hang with the homies, react in real time, break it down on, on Mondays and Tuesdays, and we'll do it again the next week. Season's getting closer, man. Season's yes, getting sir. closer, getting another step closer to ordering that legacy jersey. I'll tell you that. So, oh yeah, hey, and, uh, and enjoy hard knocks, right? We're recording right over top of it, but yeah, yep. enjoy hard knocks, man. Enjoy it, and what jets drive too? Find people over at uh, Florham Park. Yeah, I, I, I uh, streets streets are saying it's starting to no one hole in this matchup. The head, the head. Oh, well, it's propaganda. Slows. It's all propaganda. <laughs> so it is what it is, but. That'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. For Matt Stillard, I am Joe Rivera reminding you, you can't take flight without Jet Fuel.